Welcome, everyone, to Dinging Corners, a baseball podcast powered by Slab Stocks. I'm Nate, here with Jimbo. What's up, everyone? Hey, and uh, we are here this week to talk to you about Topps Chrome. So you may have noticed, if you were paying attention at home, that Topps just brought out a set called Topps Gilded. And you'd be, you'd say to yourself, but Nathan, there's no Topps Chrome in that name. Why are we talking about Topps Chrome if we're talking about Topps Gilded? Not so fast, I tell you, not so fast. But there are Topps Chrome cards. So if you haven't seen this set yet, if you have, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, this is a set where it's a five-card box. Four cards in one pack, one card in another pack. And in the one pack, you get four Topps Chrome cards. The difference here is that there are different parallels. So the base gold etch card is numbered to 99. Then there's the mini diamond gold etch card number to 50, the ray wave gold etch card number to 25, the lava gold etch card number to 10, and the super refractor. Um, it will have a gold border on each, and then the color will be in the middle of the picture as opposed to around the edges as is normal with normal tops chrome. Um, you also get in, so you'll get three cards. They'll all be numbered base out of 99 or parallel in your pack. And then you get an autograph card from Topps Chrome. So that's the Topps Chrome part. The Topps Gilded part of the Topps Chrome or Topps Gilded is the other pack with the one card. And that is the Topps Gilded Auto, which kind of looks like a transcendent auto if, uh, if we're being honest. So it's kind of Topps Chrome and Topps Gilded. Um, or a Topps Chrome and Topps Transcendent in one package called Topps Gilded. But for a cheaper price tag of $400 as opposed to whatever Topps Transcendent goes for, for a, a box of that. So now that we have an understanding, Jimbo, of what the product is, let's kick it off with just uh, quick thoughts on Topps Gilded before we talk about the rest of Topps Chrome. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, you know, real quick on it, I, I think it's a cool concept. I'm, I haven't seen any in person, which I'm very interested in. Um, but one thing that I personally like about it is it kind of has uh, a little bit of like a Ginter feel to it, even at the end, because I'm looking at the checklist there's cut signatures where you can get a Babe Ruth cut auto, a Frank, uh, Frank Sinatra, Gerald Ford. So like some cool stuff all the way around. And mm -hmm. I feel like baseball gravitates towards more of like that type of product where it has old school uh, legends, not just like history. Athletes. Yeah, history. There you go. Um, so I love that aspect to it. Just just for that chase chase alone, like William Howard Taft, like. The checklist in here is very interesting, and uh, I, I'm very intrigued. And I actually want to I want to see a, a, a box or two ripped of this. Yeah, we might have to. Definitely, I'm going to go on YouTube after this and see if anybody's ripping, because I would be curious. The there's a lot of there's the cut signatures, right? Um, you just brought it up. There's Babe Ruth, like you brought up. There's Burt Reynolds. There's Chadwick Boseman. Um, there's J. Edgar Hoover. John McCain, James Madison, Jackie mm -hmm. Robinson, Jim Thorpe, John mm -hmm. Wooden, Lou Gehrig. Uh, there's there's an absurd amount of Rodney Dangerfield is in here. 
Johnny Cash, dude. Uh, Ernest Hemingway, dude. This, oh my, dude. This is exciting. Ooh, this James is cool. Pop a bell. That's fun. Yeah, there's, there's. I didn't even see Johnny Cash. Yeah, there, there are weird. some ba- big names: Harry Truman, William Howard Taft, William McKinley, uh, Whitey Ford, Tommy Lasorda, Tony Gwynn, Steve Sean McQueen, Connery. Sean Connery. Sean, Sean Connery. Dude, I'm gonna have to set my eBay searches up for these. A Sean Connery auto would be sweet. Be- um, if only I could then do the uh, accent all the time. My my wife hates it. Yeah, there's there's some there's some sweet 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 names just in the cut auto section, and then you got Topps Chrome Cast and Gold autographs, um, serial numbered one of six parallel cards, Super Fractor. Bryson Stott, Bobby Wood Jr., C.J. Abrams, Hunter Green, Heliot Ramos, Jeremy Pena, Julio Rodriguez, Mackenzie Gore, Spencer Torkelson. And you have Top Scrum Gold Edge with a bunch of your, bunch of your uh, rookies and stars and stuff. And then you have your Hall of Fame plaque autographs, numbered one of seven. You've got Ken Griffey Jr. and Larry Walker and Mike Piazza and Nolan Ryan, Chipper Jones, whose real name is... I tell you this? Mm-hmm. We discussed this. I was about 28 years old and I realized this was this was not long ago and I realized that Chipper's Jones's name is probably not Chipper. Like I never <laughs> thought about it before, but I sit there I said, "You know, I bet Chipper Jones's name isn't Chipper." Kind of like Scooter Jeanette, former brewer, former red, his name wasn't Scooter, it was Ryan. So I look it up. Sure enough, Chipper Jones's name is not Chipper. It's Larry Wayne Jones. What? What? Dude, you know how we talked about how, like, oh, that person has a baseball name, and that's, like, such a huge factor for you? Chipper Jones is a baseball name. Larry Wayne Jones is not? No. Like, his career would have been completely different. He would have probably been, like, on the A's or something. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. If he didn't go by Chipper, he's not a Hall of Famer. I I guarantee that. (laughs) Don't let him hear that. (laughs) But yeah, so Larry Wayne Jones uh, there, amongst other Hall of Fame names. So the checklist, the checklist is really good. The, the fact that you get two autos plus three parallel cards, the highest number to ninety nine, pretty good. Now four hundred dollars is obviously expensive for a single box, and if you open that box and you pull, say you pull a Jake Berger auto, and a Burt Blylevin auto, you're probably upset. Yeah. You know? So there's still there's still downside to the product, like every product. But at least there's fun autos in here where, like, even if it doesn't fetch the highest amount of money, you're still pumped that you pulled, you know, a Rod Carew or a Pedro Martinez or a Paul Mollett or something fun like that. Yeah. Dude, honestly, I just love how everything is is numbered, right? Or am, am I missing anything? Everything no, no, is you're, you, you are correct. The yeah. Every single card will be numbered. Like, I love that aspect because we know exactly how much is made. And honestly, sets like this where people will probably, knowing baseball collectors, they will try and um, complete the set. So which usually drives up the, the prices on a lot of this base stuff, which, you know, the floor gets higher because – Let's say you get a uh, a Joey Votto to ninety nine, or no, no. Let's say someone that's really interesting, like uh, 
like someone that's someone that's not even known like a Tyler. I don't want to say like a, a player that that is not very desirable, but it's like one out of 99 will still have one. Yeah. Yeah. One. Yep. If he doesn't become anything because he's or Charlie Blackman or something, obviously yeah, Charlie, former star, but you know, yeah, like a, a Charlie Blackman, you wouldn't be super pumped if that was one of the five cards you got, but it might, you know, there'll still be demand for for people collecting the set. Cause the first thing I thought of was, dude, I would love to build this set, having the first build the first set of this product because this seems like one that will stick. And I feel like out of all the new ones, this one is my favorite outside of the logo fractor, which we can talk about. Now, can I ask you why, just, just off the top of your head, why you think it will stick? I mean, I like the set. Don't get me wrong. Um, uh, but is there a, is there something that screams out to you um, that says, I really like this over something else? Also, yeah. um, in case you're wondering, the price has gone up. Has it? Last time I saw it was $400 a box, but uh, we're talking about 550 now, last sale on the Topps Gilded box. Yeah. The reason why I think it will stick is, um, one, the cards look amazing just by looking at them. And then, two, it has the – the well, one, it's serial numbered, so then everything's serial numbered, so we know that, you know, the, the, the print run, it's more – like, we know what the print run is, kind of. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, who knows how much they printed of this. Like, no, everything's to 99 or lower. Mm-hmm. That's a good sign. But then, too, I think baseball has been craving a higher end type thing with less cards. Like you have your Bowman, you have your Topps Chrome, which is great. You know, you can hit the big cards in there. I would say like Prism is equivalent to that. Let's say on yeah. Panini's side for football and basketball. But we haven't had like the the well, national well, treasures. Well, or, well, you have your Topps Dynasty. True. And your Topps Transcendent. Um couple of big those are a couple of big boxes that that is but those yeah, are you, those are significantly more expensive than four hundred dollars a box so i think yeah. it's kind of the middle ground where you're getting some of that premium feel of a transcendent card with some of the um without some of the costs so you still get cards pe- you people like in tops chrome and you get the tops transcendent without having to pay Without it being as cheap as Topps Chrome or as expensive as Topps tra- Transcendent. Mm-hmm. Another huge factor is the amount of card. Like it's an easy rip, where breakers drive a lot of the, you know, a lot of the wax prices because you know a lot of breakers came on things evolved. Wax was more more ex, um, was easier to rip for people sitting at home and stuff like that. Where breakers will gravitate towards this because it's easy. It's quick. Yeah, you don't have to ship as much. That, and you don't have to supplies, like how we were talking yesterday with breaks, supplies, uh, sorting. You know, like if you if you rip a bo- uh, case of Topps Chrome or a Top Series 1, like you're looking at an hour or two or more in sorting plus packaging. Mm-hmm. Like that's all stuff that comes into account when breakers are breaking stuff where they can do a better probably deal on something like this 
because they know it won't take them as much time and then they'll rip more. But there's also less product of it because it's all serial numbered. So it's not like it's crazily printed. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, I think it's interesting with that. And I think Tops did a great job um, with with designing this one. I really like this one. Yeah, it, it's it's a cool set. And I get it is as somebody who's broken quite a few boxes in his life. It is definitely a breaker's dream. Five card hit draft. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it's cool. It's cool. I like it. Now, here's the question that we want to pose today. Is there too much Topps Chrome? Because now that they've added Topps Gilded to the set of Topps Chrome, and I know not every card in the box is Topps Chrome, but 80% are. So we're considering it a Topps Chrome product. You also have... So Topps Gilded, Topps Chrome cards. You have Topps Chrome, Topps Chrome Update, Topps Chrome Sapphire, Topps Chrome Sapphire Update, Topps Chrome Logo Fractor, Topps Chrome Ben Baller, Topps Chrome Sonic. Those are all the same design of Topps Chrome with the same base design. There's eight of those, and then separate design, but still Topps Chrome, Topps Chrome Black, Topps Chrome Cosmic. Yeah. So all in, that is 10 products. Each one of those products has a Julio Rodriguez rookie or a Wander Franco rookie, um, even though the Topps Chrome was missing them, so it had to come in silver packs. Um there's still all those rookies in every single set for every single one of those guys, which means there's just a bajillion, there's a bajillion Wander Franco rookies out there and a bajillion Julio Rodriguez and Bobby Witts and O'Neill Cruises. So my question is, you know, where, where do we draw the line? I think I know where I draw the line. Um, but Jimbo, I want to kind of discuss through these and then figure out where we draw the line where you and I separately or together draw the line on what we would like to buy of this year's tops Chrome stuff. And what we would probably say, nah, pass on. Yeah. Um, man, that's a loaded. So it's tough. I mean, I think, I mean, I, it, it is a lot of product all at once, but also I think tops needed to do that with the deal with fanatics. So it was an, it was an, an inevitable to be able mm-hmm. to, to fund the licensing for that. So with that being said, I think it is too much product for the for the now. But I think the way they, they did it was fantastic. Like the execution of what they had to do. I, I think they ex- executed it perfectly for what they had to do. But I think for the long term, I think it's perfect for the demand that we're like that the industry is growing into where it, it's going to be overwhelming, where we're going to see more Wander and Julio rookies than we have ever seen in any product. But I think in the long term, just like how when Panini made Mosaic and in, in all that other stuff, you know, they kind of slowly grew into it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the, the, the product that people like the most will, you know, the people will determine that, which will probably be like the Bowman, probably like the, the flagships. And then like, um, uh, like maybe like guilt, like this one, the gilded and in one of the others, like who knows. Um, but I think all the base rookies will flatten kind of like how basketball and football did, mm-hmm. but all there'll be more serial numbers. So people will be chasing that more, but I don't know. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because from a serial number standpoint, 
You know, I've seen complaints on both sides of the aisle on this Topps Gilded. And let me let let's look at 2022 Topps Chrome refractors, okay? So you got the regular refractor, prism, black and white mini diamond, X Factor, Sapia, pink, negative. Those have been there forever. Um, outside of the black and white mini diamond, but that's a hobby light new product. From a numbered standpoint, you have magenta out of 399 and magenta speckle. Those are new. Um, purple speckle. Pretty sure that's new. Purple, number 250, that's as old as time. Aqua out of 199, that's as old as time. Aqua mini diamond out of 199, aqua lava refractor out of 199. I mean, we're talking at least, and maybe not new since last year, but let's say, let's go back three years. So magenta, magenta sparkle, purple speckle, aqua mini diamond, aqua lava. That's five new ones. And aqua went from numbered usually out of 125 to 199 now. Then you got blue out of 150, always been there. Green out of 99, been there. Green wave out of 99. There's usually some variation of green. Um, so that's been there. Blue wave, 75, been there. Gold out of 50. Gold wave out of 50, that's been there. Orange out of 25. Orange wave out of 25, that's been there. Red out of five. Red wave out of five. Those have been there. Super and printing plates. So essentially, like three years ago, four years ago, 2019, there's probably five new numbered cards um, that have come out. Um, and, and yes, they're high numbers. We're talking about one out of 400, essentially one out of 750. So we're at, we're talking about a, uh, or 350. So we're talking about 750 cards there. One out of 300. So we're talking about 1,050 cards there. We're talking about a, about 1,450 numbered cards per player more than what there used to be in the previous, say three years ago. I can't I can't quote you on last year. 2021 was atrocious year for tops rookies, so I I mean I don't even know if I open any tops chrome. Um goes into my next thing. And so my point here is that that is a lot of cards, but but they didn't water down the numbers that people want. They didn't come out with a blue a blue lava out of 150 and a blue this out of 150 and a and a 20 different red ones and everything like that. They kept the premium ones the same, 150 and down that we've seen for years and they just up increased and they kept purple the same. They didn't do purple speckle out of 250. They did just straight purple 250. So they kept all the premium ones the same while adding in fluff around the edges. So my question for people and for you, Jimbo, is would you rather they either A, come out with 10 tops Chrome products of which you can decide what you want to buy or not, or take the products you like, like tops Chrome, I assume you like tops Chrome, okay. and, and make 30 million, 40 million parallels like selected with select. People love select and then they came out with a bajillion parallels and then they started doing die cuts of the exact same parallels to get even more cards out there this at least yeah you've got your extra magentas and magenta sparkles and stuff but it's not absurd as absurd as like what panini has done yeah. so for me i prefer this route like by a by a lot where it's all right yes they're coming out with cosmic and yes they're coming out with sonic and they're coming out with gilded 
but I don't have to buy that stuff. And I can still stick with buying Topps Chrome and Topps Chrome Update and Sapphire and know that I'm not getting just a bajillion uh, parallels and I still have a, a good chance at a parallel I actually want. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I was teeter-tottering on on my thoughts to that as well. And in, you're right. I, I'm so glad you brought up the select thing because at first I was like, nah, I'd rather have all of all the cards in one product and just have a ton of it. And then I get to, you know, it's, it's just a one product and it's, it is what it is. And there's a ton of it, but then you go back to select. I used to love select and I used to rip a couple, like a case or two of basketball and football every year. And then when they went to retail, it went chaos, too many parallels, too many, whatever, too many, everything where I'm not a fan of it at all. Because it's too confusing now. They have. Hear me out here. Uh, you keep talking, but real quick, seventeen non-numbered parallels for select. Yeah, like I used to love courtside. Like the courtside and field levels was my thing. Like the silvers and all that. And then they just started making all these different color parallels, where I got confused and I was like, you know what? I'm only going to collect select of the stuff that's that's uh, before the retail version. And then the the tie dye because I like the tie dye and then like the few staple parallels. Um. So okay, I have the full numbers. Twenty twenty one, twenty six. There's twenty six numbered parallels. Seventeen non numbered parallels, which means there's forty three total parallels, but there's also three different levels. Club, or not club? That's football. There's four different levels for football. Um. There's Concourse, Premier, and Courtside. So you're talking 46 different parallels times three levels means you have, what, 138 parallels? That's crazy. Like That you can, that you can pull from. And um, if I look up, I'm going to look up 20, 2019 selects. We're not even oh, going to go back. We're not even going to go back that far. Just right. It's going to be brutal, dude. I, I, I've looked this up before. 2019-2020 select. We have... one, two, You essentially have 35 different parallels you can hit in 2019 between all of the variation between courtside, um, uh, courtside concourse premiere and the H2 disco boxes. Yeah, that's 35 as opposed to 138. So that's what Select has done between between um, 2019 and 2023. Tops, on the other hand, by my count, rough count, I didn't look up 2019 Tops Chrome. I think there might be five additional colors. Yeah, but the thing that's crazy is like the demand was there. Like you, ha- you almost have to do that because boxes were selling for like over a thousand dollars a box. 
when really like the, it shouldn't have been a thousand dollar, you know, over a thousand dollars a box. So they yeah. had to make, they had to print more of it. They had to, they had to like water it down to bring the price, the price point down because you just had to for the demand. You're going to price people up. Or they could have come up with different products. Or they could have done, you're right. Which I think they did though. Like, you know, they, they, they're, they have where I think tops where it's okay. Going back to like tops, like, uh, or going back to Panini, like for me, I'm not a big mosaic fan, but I like, uh, select. I like, you know, what, you know, there's certain things I like. And for me personally, there's certain things that I don't like just by how they look Mm -hmm. for tops. I like how they made a bunch of different products, but they basically for me, right. The reason why I would like a bunch of different products, because I get to pick and choose, which ones I like and it's saturated within that box rather than having one product with all of those variations in one product. Yeah. Um, but I also like how they're numbered. Like I like how they numbered them. So we're on the same page is what you're yeah. telling me. Probably. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's one of those things where I know people complain and I know people say cash, grab this cash, grab that. But these companies, when they sign agreements with the Major League Baseball and football and NFL, there's like a there's a number. At least this is what I heard at Brewtown when I worked there. That there's a number of products they have to release in a year contractually. And I'm much I'm much more okay with Top saying we're going to release eight new variations of Top's Chrome than release, you know. 80 new variations inside top scroll. Yeah. But also the people that, you know, complain about the cash grab where they're, they're printing too much are also the same people that, that complain about prices are too high where it's like, you can't have best of both worlds. It's true. It's literally just supply and demand. So it's like, I would rather, that's why I said, I think, you know, it's a lot of product for right now. But I think it's it's that it's what they had to do for demand. And I think they did it exactly like the best possible way. But then the way I look at it as in another factor to it, any rookies before this season, let's say you really like, I would say like the very top level, like the Vladdies, um, Mike Trouts, like of the world, they're they're gonna be their rookie, like their stuff is gonna be so much lower print, just like how Giannis was. Mm-hmm. And let's say like like players like that, where we're gonna see that let's say in five years, like it's just like a little wave, like where in five years tops might, you know, add a bunch of parallels to these products that they made, but the first products will be probably lower. And right now it seems like too much, but it down the road as demand grows, it's actually probably a good hold. Where if I'm buying, like I would love to hold, buy a case of that gilded and, and hold it sealed. Good luck. Yeah, I know. Like for me, I'd probably rip it, but like, that's my mindset thinking of that. It's like, I don't know, like down the line, I think it's, it's going to be interesting because baseball needed this. They needed some, some flavor and, but they also need some product where hopefully like series one, like we talked about it yesterday, like they, the price needed to go down on series one because the last couple of years, it was nuts where as a shop, like having a shop, people come in where they, the kids need a $5 pack, uh, a $10 they need that. Like if that's not even hobby. cheaper, if possible. Exactly. Like the hobby needs that to continue to grow and they're creating the levels. Like right now, you know, you go into the hobby shop and at least my hobby shop I've been into recently, 
you know, it's $7 a hobby pack for Topps Chrome, but there's only four cards in Topps Chrome. If you're an adult, it's like, sure, you know, maybe I don't want a whole box of Topps Chrome because it's been pretty bad this year, but I'll take a couple packs, see if I can pull an Aaron Judge or something, you know, and mm-hmm. you don't bat an eye at 21 bucks or 28 bucks or whatever. But a kid dropping $28 on four Topps Chrome packs, that's hard to do. That's really hard to do. Exactly. So that's why, for me, I don't know. I like it. I'm very interested to see how it goes long term. Um, but I think Tops did a great, great job with this. And one last thing I wanted to ask you that I thought of. Remember how last year, like the last two years, we we're like, man, why aren't they putting a lot of these rookies in these sets? And I know with COVID, there was some confusion. Like there was a lot of um, issues there. But also then I got to think, it's like, man, maybe they held a wander. Maybe they held some of these. They knowing want to that this year? Yeah, to have a loaded rookie checklist for the first year of all these new products, which they probably did because business-wise it makes sense. Yep. But yeah. who knows? That's a conspiracy thing. But That is, that is conspiracy theories. <laughs> um, but it, it, it does sound good. So you got yep. that going for you. Um, now let's, let's finish off this section. We talked about tops gilded, you know, and talked about our thoughts and feelings. And I think we both agree. would rather have all these products that we can pick and choose from and still buy our favorites as opposed to being forced into, if you want to buy your favorite being stuck with orange and red out of nine 99 and pink and purple out of two seventy three and stuff like that. Um, instead of being forced into like, uh, I want tops Chrome, but I'm going to get destroyed, which I mean, people, they get destroyed anyways. Uh, you can now be like, I want tops Chrome, but I don't want tops gilded or I want tops Chrome, but I don't want tops Chrome Ben Baller. That's fine. You don't, you don't have to buy it. And it's a beautiful thing. And if you like tops Chrome Ben Baller, you can buy it. And, uh, and so for me, I, I appreciate the less parallels in the old product and, um, just different products that I don't because I'll never, I'll never buy a Topps Chrome black box. Just not interested in the never? set in the slightest. Ever, ever. I don't. <laughs> I I know you like the cards. You said before they look really good in person. I'm just not interested in the cards at all. Oh, see, I think they're sweet. And and that see right here, exactly. you would buy a Topps Chrome black box. I wouldn't. Perfect. Yeah. So, um, but let's uh, let's give a real quick. So, so we've got. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna name the the boxes just real quick, and then you give me a yes or no if you'd buy it. Okay. Tops Gilded. Yep. Yes. Tops Chrome. Yes. Tops Chrome Update. Yes. Presume presume that you can hit autos, because <laughs> um, it's not a guaranteed auto. Uh, Tops Chrome Sapphire. Yep, all day. Tops Chrome Sapphire update. Yep. Tops Chrome Logo Fractor. Yep, I like those a lot. Can we give a can we give a real sh- quick shout out to Logo Fractor? I love that set, dude. It's incredible. It's it looks really good. If you see the cards in person, they look really good. The base cards look really good. Um, that was a that was a win. Tops Chrome Ben Baller. No, sorry. Me neither. Tops Chrome Sonic. Not yet. Um, and if people are wondering what Topps Chrome Sonic is, if you haven't heard about this yet, this is going to be coming out pretty soon here, I believe, with maybe within this week. Um, 
supposed to be February at some point, but I thought it might be the beginning of this week. And there's some cool stuff. They've got a Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, Jorge Posada, triple auto on there and stuff. But for me, I would rather, I would rather just have, um, I would rather just have the regular Topps Chrome and Topps Chrome update. Okay. Topps Chrome Black. Yep. Topps Chrome Cosmic. Not yet. All right. So, so essentially you are, you would buy seven of the 10. Yeah. And I really like the Gilded and the Logo Fractor one. Okay. Cause I think, I think I'm pretty close with you. I'm not buying Topps Chrome Black. I'm not buying Topps Chrome Cosmic. I'm not buying Topps Chrome Sonic. I'm not buying Topps Chrome Ben Baller. I'd probably buy the rest. Um, but at $400 a box, my wife would kill me if I spent $400 on a box of cards. So, you know, tops gilded out for me, but I wouldn't mind getting, you know, a cool Paul Molitor auto or something from the set. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing too. It's like, you know, when I say yes or no, it's not necessarily that I would buy the box. It's more like in my head too. It's like, would I buy, would I go after the singles in it? Yeah. And I think that looked cool. Yeah. And and I, I agree with that too. I guess for me, I'm looking at ripping because I'm a degenerate that loves ripping. Um, in fact, I love ripping so much I don't even really buy singles anymore. Oh, see, I love, I love buying. But if like naming saying yes or no to all those products, I would if I had to choose, I would still save all my money to buy Bowman. As crazy as that sounds, I feel that. Like, there's nothing that will ever draw me away from that unless they just dilute it, like, select. Yeah. Uh, Bowman's great. Bowman is great. Sometimes I do want, you know, I don't really want a Bowman rookie, per se. I'd rather have a Topps Chrome rookie, same guy, right? So, like, there's certain instances where I'd rather have Topps. But by and large, I'm a prospect guy like you through and through. So, uh I if, if I have an option to buy Jazz Chisholm, who I like and who was just named the cover athlete of MLB The Show 23, or Ooh. spend that same amount of money on some prospect in the minors, I will probably 99 times out of 100 buy the prospect in the minors. <laughs> Me too. Is this a perfect segue into... Yes, our prospect of the week. So we Ooh. are segmenting our podcast again. We started it a long time ago, then we got away from it. And now we're we're jumping back on to the segment. So the Top Chrome was our first segment, our second and final segment of the day. And we're going to end every podcast like this, our prospect of the week. And this is Jimbo's pick this week. Jimbo, take it away. Yes, I wanted to do a fun one. This one is a, a prospect that is, you, you might have heard of him, still really young, but is an interesting one that there's a lot of parts to it that I want to, that would be fun to talk about. And this person is Bubba Chandler. Great baseball name, first off. True. Like Though I would have thought it was better if um, if uh, uh, what was his name? Was it Bubba Starling? Yeah. With uh, the, the Royals. Royals. If he hadn't failed. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't do too well. Um, but the reason why I wanted to bring up Bubba Chandler, he was. Uh, he's a potential two-way player pitching and then uh young shortstop which is very intriguing um right out of high school so here's just some fun facts about him before we deep dive into him 
Um, some fun facts about him. Yep. So two-way player agreed. His signing bonus was a $3 million signing bonus at a $870,000 slot value. Which means for those of you that don't know. So for baseball MLB for uh, during the draft, every team is allocated a budget on how much they can spend on the players that they sign. And the, the way they get their budget is basically each pick uh, has a dollar amount towards it. So then they, you add all that up and that's their budget. So like, for instance, the pirates for the first for the first 10 rounds. Yeah. For the first 10 rounds. But uh, so like for the pirates, they had, they would say they, they signed Henry Davis first overall pick. Some people say he might've not been the first overall pick, but I don't, I got to check this, but, but just for instance, he might've signed for under slot value, but they, they signed him knowing that there is value plays deep down where they would have to pay more to get the players, uh, usually high school players to get them away from going to college. So Bubba Chandler was set to go to Clemson to play quarterback. So highly athletic. Um, and the only way he was going to go play uh, or not play football and go to college was to get paid $3 million, which sounds like a great deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a two-way player, very athletic, um, high ceiling. And uh, his, let's see here. So he, for pitching wise, he'll probably be set real as quick, a real quick before you get into Bubba Chandler in layman's terms for this, it's essentially like you have the first pick and instead of trading down and acquiring the fifth pick and the 17th pick in the draft, you use the first pick on the fifth ranked prospect. And then with the 17th, with your third round pick, you really just draft the 17th overall prospect in the draft, but you drafted him in the third round, but you get both of them, but you only had the number one overall pick. Yeah. And a good example that when I was like that, I remember was Nick Cassianos. He was all set to go to North Carolina. Um, and they're like, he wanted a ton of money, Scott Boris agent. And basically he was like, Hey, you're going to have to pay me quite a bit of money because I'd rather just go to North Carolina. The Tigers did at like 44th overall or something, but really he was like a top five prospect, but they paid him top five, like paid him huge money to get him away and basically use their entire budget on him. Um, and then, so yeah, vice versa. It's a, that's why baseball is really interesting because the draft order the draft, like where you're drafted at, doesn't necessarily matter. It's all about how much money you make or what, how much your signing bonus is, is really how you categorize these players. Correct. So a third round, because Bubba Chandler was the um, first pick in the third round. And um, the first pick in the third round, if this was football, right, that doesn't mean, there. number one, there's not three rounds in basketball. And uh, the first pick in the third round in football like that dude's card's not selling for much, exactly. but the first pick in the third round of baseball could really be the twentieth best prospect or the thirtieth best prospect. But he went, you know, seventy fifth as opposed to twenty. Yeah, yeah. So he's a fun one because uh, another part to all this is one. Nate, do you have his fan graphs pulled up? I do. Um, so his number numbers aren't his first full year was last year and his numbers aren't eye popping. Like if you're just looking at the stats and I'll let you 
Do you mind running through them? You're good at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So real quick here, he threw 26 innings in a ball last year and another 15 in the complex league. Um, he ran a almost 16 K per nine in the complex league, gave up no runs. That was, you know, nice to see nothing, nothing too major there. He threw basically three innings per, per start. Um, in a ball as 19 year old, 26 innings still had a nice K rate of 11.42 sky high walk rate of 6.23. Um, and he had a 4.15 ERA. The nice thing here for me just is we know he's an athlete. We know he has good stuff because of the strikeout numbers. We know he's an athlete. And so I would always bet on that athleticism shining through in the end and limiting that walk rate. And once you limit, once you're able to limit that walk rate into the threes, as opposed to the sixes and keep that strikeout rate in the 11, 12 K per nine in uh, per nine range. Um, you have a gem on your hands. Yeah. And for young kids like this one, I look at, you know, are they athletic, but then also too, I just look at their, their stuff. Like he has a, a plus fastball. He can get it up to 98, sits around 89, 93, still young. He'll probably sit around 95 uh, down the line. But the fact that he can gear it up is intriguing. Young guys like this, it, usually they have control issues. They, the high ceiling guys where they're just trying to overpower and they're still working on developing, being a pitcher. Um, but I, I like that. And then his – also the thing that's intriguing is like the hitting side to it. It was, he did not have a good um, year at the plate, but also, I mean, he was, you know, 18, 19 years old, first year pro ball trying to be a two-way player. Like I couldn't even imagine the stress on that um, where an off season, like your first real, real off season is huge uh, for development. So like, he's one that's intriguing because I'm going to be watching this year, the first half to see, Hey, where has he improved at? Um, but but kids like this, go for it. Well, I have a question for you. A uh, phil- philosophical question of, uh, on the Pirates here. Garrett Cole, where were your be- where were his best years? Away from the Pirates. Joe Musgrove, oh. who came yeah. in who came in a trade to the Pirates in the Garrett Cole deal. Where have his been best years been? Yeah, the Buccos usually oh. trade away. Away from the Pirates, Tyler Glass now, Jamison Tyon, um, uh, even even guys like Jordan Lyles, yeah, had great years away from the Pirates, um, and then and then you keep going. They traded for Chris Archer. He became atrocious. He's much better away from the Pirates. Um, uh, Shane Baz, you know, traded to the to the Rays. Not that he was and became a top 20 prospect in baseball, even though it was too quickly to, to determine him. What I'm trying to say is outside of like Quinn Priester, and we haven't even seen him pitch in the majors, the pirates really, their track record for getting the most out of talented pitchers is about as bad as it gets. Yeah. Which you'll like this because this is right out of your, your playbook. So a player like this, like the odds of him being the next Otani. Like, I would rather, I would rather take it to the casino to be honest, uh, than than bet on a player like this. But the Nate playbook, there's going to be he does one exciting thing where let's say he pitches 
three innings with like five strikeouts and then a home run. He's going to be all over the the web gen, like you know, like the the highlights because one, he's a highlight, like ideal, a highlight kind of person. Mm-hmm. Where what what does that do? Bring people to buying his cards. Where if he has a good year in like high A, double A, that's in my mind is when I'm selling because I'm not I'm not intrigued for the long term value. I'm intrigued about the the excitement the the um the, the is he the next otani like that's going to be the question all day with a player like the same like mason win was very similar last year when i like i really liked mason win last year going into going into the season bubba chandler kind of has that aspect but i think he'll go more of the pitching route but you saw with the mason win all the highlights at futures game and stuff like that where just the title alone the next Otani is intriguing. And I actually have a, it's, I'm very, I want to see if that works by, let's say if we put this, I don't we can talk about this, but like putting this podcast name as like the title, this episode, the next Otani and see how many people click it compared to something else, because people are intrigued to try and find the next Otani and they will, they will buy, they'll, they'll, they'll put in the price now for a future of the potential of an Otani, if that makes sense. Yeah, which is, you know, kind of, kind of like a tough way to go about doing things. People are always looking for the next of this, and they pay a higher price for that. Um, I will give the Pirates one bone. Mitch Keller, a good pitcher. Three nine one ERA last year. So. Uh, I'll give him. I'll give him Mitch Keller. There you go. I forgot you're a Brewers guy, so you probably really don't like the Pirates. But I'm very, do the Pirates, man. They're doing something right over there in the farm system. Oh no, they are. Their farm system is great. Their farm system is great, but by and large, they've got Quinn Priester, um, as a pitcher and Bubba Chandler. But by and large, it's. Henry Davis, Tamar J- uh, Johnson, Iover Paguero, Nick Gonzalez, Andy Rodriguez, uh, holding up that farm system. Yeah, but I guess what what are your thoughts on on not as a GM, but as like you know as a card collector in buying and selling and seeing how things, what people you know draw like get drawn to. Well, here, let's let's start with Bubba Chandler. You know, $20 for a base auto is last sale. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a, that's enough to make me interested, right? Yeah. Despite despite the Pirates and and again. Again. There's going to be Pirates. There's a Pirates fan that's listening to this that has already yelled at his laptop or computer or phone. We have a new GM. We have a new regime. Yada yada yada. Yeah. I get that. I get that. Right? So I know we're not talking about the same Pirates as they were 10 years ago. That being said, since I haven't seen results yet, in my mind, same old Pirates. No matter who your new regime is, until I see results, and Mitch (laughs) Keller 391 ERA doesn't really count, um, it's fine, but it's not what you were expecting out of Mitch Keller when he was one of your top prospects in let's say 2020 was he the top prospect when he was your number one prospect in 2020 
you know, you're looking for more than a three nine one ERA. But we're not talking like we're talking the Nate playbook where you sell while they're still in the minors. Yes, 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 yes. I I get that. I get that. I get that. Where where I don't like to hold till call up, and you have a point there. You have a point there. I guess for me personally, there's the buy and try to sell in the minors, have a good single A. But if I'm buying a guy just so that he has a good single A or double A and I'm not forecasting for it, I don't feel like I'm doing enough justice. Like I I don't want to buy a guy because he's going to have a good single A and double A if he's blocked by the time he hits triple A because what if I miss my chance and then I have no chance to sell? Or if the rotation ahead of him is stacked and he's not going to get a shot at pitching for a while. So like there's a there's a fine line for me where yes, I like to buy in single A and sell in triple A if I can, but I also don't like to buy into guys um that might not have a chance at the majors with their current team or something like that because because you know things just go wrong. I mean, you could say that about literally any prospect though. Well, no, sometimes there's like surefire like oh True. yeah, he's got he's the only shortstop prospect in this entire organization right now. And the guys ahead of him are nothing. Will they be $20 at a base auto for a first? No, probably not. And, 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 and he doesn't Bubba Chandler doesn't have anybody ahead of him that I'm worried about either. So that's a nice, that's, that's a nice additional thing where I buy him. I don't need to wait for him to get to the pirates and get ruined to use him or to sell him. But also, he has a position open when he gets to the majors to be able to pitch in the majors for the pirates. Um, and I can also still do my buy in single a sell in double a or buy mm-hmm. in low a and sell in triple a type of thing. Yeah. So in my mind, I asked myself, okay, if he's at $20 now, what does he have to do for his car, his base autos to be at $40? The answer is for a pitcher a lot. Name a two way player. Did he did he get to two way last year? Yeah, that's that's what I wouldn't. If he was solely pitching, like only the you throw the two way player out and he's straight pitching, throw it out, throw it out the door. But I'm saying just the two way player will intrigue people. All right, he got 88 plate appearances, struck out 40 percent of the time last year. So so my issue is that if he was tearing the cover off the ball in a ball, I guess I'm looking at him like a pitcher. Yeah, but but if he tore the if he tore the cover off the ball as a hitter, he would his you, autos you would be more than twenty bucks. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like he if he just does one year of that, like even half a one month of that. Yeah, I get that, what you're saying. That's what get, I'm. I'm not saying, saying. I'm saying sell it at All Star game or sell literally the first time things flare up where all everyone's talking about Bubba Chandler being this next Otani. Like, you know how I know the, the hitting must not be very good. Fangraphs doesn't give him any rankings on his hitting. Well, do they do that for any, uh, they, for they any did it for play? Otani. I'm pretty sure. Well, that they might, yeah, they, do they might've Mason done it for Mason Wynn. Because I had the same theory about Mason Wynn last year and it paid off. And In fact, think, they don't give they don't give Mason Wynn pitching scouting reports because he stopped pitching last year. Yeah. 
they made him a full-time shortstop, which Bubba plays shortstop. I don't know, man. I just but, thought it but, was – But here's the thing. Was Mason Wynn pitching in A-ball? Did he pitch at all in A-ball in 2021? Uh, I'm not sure. He says he threw one inning in high A in 2021. At least one game, one inning. Let's look at pitching. Um, he threw one inning. So in 2021? Yeah. How do I go to 2022? That's so I guess I guess I, I like what you're saying. I like what you're saying. I can I can see it. Um, but for me personally, if I'm buying this card, I think I'm buying it as Bubba Chandler's a pitcher with athleticism, could have played at Clemson as a quarterback, has athleticism, has height, has strength, has velocity on his fastball. Hopefully that athleticism figures out his walk rate and he can figure it out. Um, so like, those are all positives. So I'd be <laughs> buying him as a pitcher with positives. I would say the hitting is kind of like a um, uh, a trick show type edition thing where like I don't really believe in it, but it's a nice little added bonus, even though it's not really. It's like getting whipped cream on top of your hot chocolate. Do you need it to enjoy the hot chocolate? No. Is it nice? Sure. Um, that is what his hitting is to me, is the whipped cream on top of the hot chocolate. And then... Um, from a con standpoint, the idea of the pirates teaching him how to pitch is a little <laughs> bit alarming for me. <laughs> so if if you had a hot chocolate with whipped cream and one without whipped cream, which one are you picking? I I get what you're saying here. Like, it's just it, throw out the the technical and throw out just like the 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 way the ecosystem of baseball cards and in how people think. Like the psychology. Wait, 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 wait. Here, here's here, here. You have a hot chocolate without whipped cream made by the greatest hot chocolate makers in the world, or you have a hot chocolate with whipped cream, but made by McDonald's. Yeah, but if you're looking at two pictures, like how, like that would be a description, but if you're just looking at pictures, like the marketing aspect of it, like a post or something like that, or a commercial. I like how we're just trying to one up each other here. I like um, that. That's that's a good point. So it's just like throw out like as a GM, not excited. Like to me, not exciting. As a baseball collector, knowing how people think in in following a lot of baseball, uh, like content, I saw more about like saw more posts about this kid, and then I looked in the stats. I'm like, wow, it's really not that intriguing. But the amount of excitement around that is unparalleled all right well here here because because what i'm trying to say is that he is a uh hot chocolate with whipped cream being made by mcdonald's the pirates or you could buy somebody without whipped cream that doesn't have the thing but made by you know the brewers or the guardians um so here's my here's my question for you twenty dollars twenty dollars twenty dollars for bubba chandler and we'll we'll read off his uh his 
55 fastball, 55 curveball, 50 changeup, 55 command, 45 future value. Pirates. Or you've got Jacob Masirakowski, who we've talked about before. 60 fastball, 70 slider, 55 curveball, 45 command, 45 future value. Same future value as Bubba Chandler, same age. But instead of the Pirates, the Brewers, and instead of $20 for a base auto, you have $6 for a base auto. So I think we're actually what we're seeing right now, Jimbo. If I were a betting man, I'd say that $20 is already has the dog and pony show tied into it. Dude, I'm about to go buy like 10 of these just for this aspect because it's not it's not about the ingredients, it's about how it looks. It's it's how it's portrayed to the con- consumer. It's like that that's what that's what we're selling. It's, we're not in we're not we're not buying you're buying for the upside, the potential. Like what is what's the ceiling on whatever the Brewers guy's name? Like I don't even know the guy's name. Jacob Misirkowski. Um, yeah. Well, well, okay. You tell me. You tell me what the upside is. Sixty future fastball, seventy future slider, fifty-five curve, forty-five command. But the Brewers are teaching him how to pitch. That, like, as a, obviously as if I'm making like a fantasy team or like on MLB the Show or something like that, I'm going to go with that dude, the Brewers guy. But if we're talking cards, like that dude could have an amazing season. But it won't be, you know, like it won't be that intriguing to the whereas, card whereas, whereas Bubba Chandler will be intriguing because he'll play like he, both ways. He could he could hit one home run and have and pitch one inning with a strikeout, and it will be all over saying the next Otani. I say the test is we put in the title the next Otani question mark and see if the views just like the the like the people being intrigued to click it just for that aspect. I'm telling you. All right. We will do that. Now, here's my question for you. I say we do this. All right. You buy one Jacob Chandler. I buy two. All right. You you buy one Bubba Chandler. I buy two Jacob Masirikowskis, about the similar price there. And we see who can net more by the end of the year. No, then I would rather have Bubba Chandler. I don't want that other guy. No, no, I'm buying the two. Oh, you're okay. buying the you're buying the Bubba Chandler. I'm buying the Jacob Misirakowski. And then by the end of 2023, we're gonna see who netted more can, money. But we can sell at any time during the 2023. It's all about timing. Okay, fine. Deal. Deal. Right, you, you you have your hot chocolate with whipped cream made by McDonald's, and I'll have my hot chocolate without whipped cream made by the finest chocolatiers in Sweden or whatever. I mean, who knows? You might find the person that if you have the, if you're able to have one, find the person that'd be intrigued by, by knowing all that you're going to have to sit down and tell them all the, the reasons why that hot chocolate is great. AKA that brewers brewers player, or you yep. could have something where you just sit it out front and it looks good. It might not taste that good, but the, it's more intriguing the marketing behind it, the looks of it. Well, it's like it's like you could have better fries somewhere, but the smell McDonald's blasts out of their restaurant. But just just in general, like okay, if we're, I'm a, also like, I study marketing plus finance, so like in my mind, it's like okay, you look at McDonald's. Food is not good. The food is you know 
Can I combat that a little bit? But it, the, the grade of the food is so low, but look at how much it's all about the marketing. It's all about. Well, well, real quick, I have I have a pet peeve because I, I do know a lot of people that say, oh, McDonald's is gross. McDonald's isn't good. Oh, if McDonald's wasn't good, like you eat a you eat a I can't eat beef anymore. Uh, makes me sick. But when I used to be able to eat beef, I would say to myself, oh, McDonald's, blah, blah, blah. But you eat a double cheeseburger. It's undeniably tasty. No, no one's happy. After, people are more happy of the thought of going to get McDonald's and eating it than, than actually eating it like than afterwards. It, well, okay. What I'm trying to say is if McDonald's wasn't at least a, a little bit tasty, Marketing. it wouldn't be as popular as it would was. It's all about, dude. It's all market. You can have the best marketing in the world, but if you don't at least have decent food, I don't like Mar white. I've seen White Castle marketing. I ain't going over to White Castle because their burgers are nasty. Dude, it's, it's bad marketing. I'm telling McDonald that statement. McDonald's contradicts it, like in Taco Bell and stuff like that. Like, yeah, Taco Bell is great, all that, but it's really the the marketing and it's this this psychology behind it the buyer psychology okay we now we're talking too much business talk, wait, wait, wait real quick really i just want you i want you to look me in the eyes through this podcast and say to me nathan i don't think a mcdonald's burger is tasty i do not think a mcdonald's burger is tasty. i can't even tell you the last time i had one well you should go you should go try For one. years because like, it's like okay i'm not saying it's great i would much rather have culver's have you had culver's uh like once maybe yeah Okay, I'd much rather have Culver's or In-N-Out or, you know, something like that. But I am saying that I, I think McDonald's gets a bad rap where I don't think their burgers are actually that bad. Oh, dude. No, they are not good, dude. They're not bad. I'm sorry. I just, I just, I, I get the marketing aspect, but I really don't think that they would have become as popular as they have been if it wasn't for it at least being decent tasting. I mean, it's all another thing too is price point, but it's it's marketing. Like you get, you know, you get for what you pay for, but it's at the end of the day, inconvenience and stuff like that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's really just marketing. It it really is like. But going back to all of this, yeah, <laughs> we've really gone off the wagon. Yeah, what I'm saying is. How hard is it for like what does Bubba Chandler have to do to get to a twenty dollar to a forty dollar? And is like that's the way I think. And it's like just kind of like how we were talking about Jason Cheerio and his brother. Is it easier for Jason to get to whatever number compared to Jack? It's all about price point and ex being exciting and all that. And I'm not saying the Brewers guy might might like he might have the same growth, but you need to find it that the market, like the you got to find the right person. And in, in like, if you're at a show, Nate, I would, I would probably say you, you could sell the Brewers guy better than the other guy. Cause you would be able to talk about that player in deep dive into that player and show some people why that, that player is a good buy, but there's people that aren't at the show and don't have someone that knows that player. And they see a post about it, a, the next Otani. Yeah. And it, like, that's the way I think. And then it's, it's not a whole long hold. It's a quick flip. And then you buy the next the next two way player next the next year. next Otani. Yeah, yeah. And, and don't get me wrong, I understand exactly what you're saying. Part of me is just playing devil's advocate. I know you do this all the time. It's good. Yeah. Um. And part of me, part of me 
just doesn't want to give any credit to a, a fellow uh, NL Central player. So that's okay. Yeah. Um, but Jimbo, I like what you I like what you came with there. I do think I do think it is very smart if you are if you are investing and you don't have a ton of money to invest. I think it's very smart to find some of these gimmicky players and say, all right, I don't need a full season of excellent stats. You would need a full season of excellent stats from Jacob Masirikowski, which I think you can get. Though he's a little bit gimmicky in that he's 6'7". I think you would need a full season of that to move prices. Whereas I agree, Bubba Chandler, what happens when he has an 11 strikeout game and a home run in double A? You know? Uh, that's on ESPN. That's on the athletic that might even make it onto the ringer for Pete's sake. Probably not. Cause they don't have recover baseball, but you get my point yeah. it's on Twitter. It's all over MLB minor league Twitter and MLB Twitter and MLB writers are writing about it. Um, because some dude just had 11 strikeouts and a home run in the game. Now, will that happen? I don't know, but considering he already has the, uh, strikeout numbers, if he can, if he can sneak into a home run and get a decent number of bats next year and sneak into a home run in one of his better games pitching, that's probably pretty easy to do. So I can see that I could see that happening and I could see that catapulting a market from $20 to, you know, 40, $60 relatively easily, even if that really shouldn't be the case. Not a big factor out of all this. They paid him $3 million signing bonus, which is, more than three times over the slot value. They mm-hmm. paid that because they want a two-way player. They didn't pay a $3 million for this kid to be a pitcher. They want, they're not going to give up on him super quick. This isn't a 15th round, you know, $50 or $50,000 signing bonus. They paid big money for this kid and they drafted Henry Davis over some of these other kids probably to save money to get this kid. Um. I'm just really quick looking up 2021 MLB uh, bonuses to see if uh, I can find. I don't think I'm going to be able to. I'm gonna, I don't think I'm going to be able to find it quick enough. I was wondering. I was kind of curious to see if I could find who the highest valued signings were of the 2021 draft but it's not gonna it's not gonna be quick enough so if you're at home and you're curious you could probably find that information and see where Bubba Chandler's three million dollar evaluation falls inside um the picks my guess is it's probably top 15 um somewhere in there um for the the highest signed uh or signing bonus of the 2021 MLB draft um, which means, you know, you should expect him to be a top 15 player in the MLB draft. Yeah. And he's a, and he's a $20 auto. So, okay, here, here, it is. they, um, Henry Davis, they, they 60 or 6 million, uh, 6.5 million slot value was 8.4. Yep. They saved 2 million bucks there. And there, there's the difference because you get, you get a 5% leeway on a signing and that was you know two million plus the eight hundred thousand dollar uh plus the eight hundred thousand dollars for slot two point eight almost probably two point nine at that point and then the extra five percent added on top gets you past 
the uh, three million needed to yeah. be able to sign him. I know we're very long, but one last thing. So this is another reason why you should never just look at draft spots because there's a lot of manipulation within MLB drafts. So like uh, 2021 Pittsburgh Pirates, they they drafted Jack, Jackson Glenn in the fifth round. You know, fifth round. Wow, that's a lot. Like that's that's a high draft pick. But they gave him a signing bonus of uh, 12 point. 12.5 thousand when his slot was 422,000. Senior signing. Yep. So you have to sign guys like that later in the draft um, because you only get that slot value if you sign them. Yes. And then Real quick, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the year where one team just says, I don't care about missing our first round pick next year or the year after that. And they just go and they sign every single hard to sign player in one season and get like seven first round picks pay all the penalties pay the lost first round picks the next couple of years i'm waiting for a team to do that i think one team is going to do that eventually where there's just so much talent they're just like we're going to draft them all and sign them all and if it takes us five million dollars a kid to get them to go away from their scholarship so be it well i dude i could see the mets doing that and with how contracts are for these uh for these free agents, mm-hmm. honestly, there'll be a time where there's like the, the gap is so bad where they're going to, it makes sense to do that. Well, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be so sure. Did you hear the Bali news? No. Bali sports regional networks are expected to go um, bankrupt here real soon. Maybe even before the start of the season. Wow. Um, and that means there's potential that a lot of teams are going to lose their regional sports networks. The, hardest hit team is going to be the Cardinals. They get a disproportionate amount of money from their Bali sports contract than any other team. Uh, So thrilled for that. Obviously it hurts the Brewers, but the Brewers have the smallest regional sports contract in North American sports anyways. So it doesn't really matter. Uh, Maybe outside of hockey, maybe it's just the top three sport, Um, but they make the lowest amount of money from their regional sports contract than any other team. It's like 30 million a year or something. Um, and so get ready, get ready for, if that happens, um, if the MLB doesn't have something in place to be able to replace that money for those teams, I expect these contracts to go down, uh, rather significantly. And I expect teams like the Brewers and the Reds to take advantage of this situation to be able to drive their payrolls into like the $70 million range and be like, Oh, we don't have any money. And then go from there. Yeah. Hopefully some TV though comes out of nowhere and scoops gives give puts a bunch of money in MLB. Well, well, the re the problem is, is that apparently the last signing deal they had was 50 million less than the previous one that they signed with like Apple and all those guys um, is $50 million less. Those usually don't go down. It's usually up. And if that's less and Bali sports is going bankrupt, they don't think a big, a big, corporation like apple's going to want to step in and buy those rights for a exorbitant amount of money somebody will probably step in but instead of you know 650 million it might be 400 and then yeah. you're taking 250 million dollars away from the teams that have those contracts that's a huge amount of money yeah you're right so, um but we should end there we're at an hour and 11 minutes here so uh Ooh. thank you everyone for listening to today's dinging corners And Jimbo and I will talk to you guys next Friday for the next Dingy Corners.
See you, everyone. Bye.